0: I'm so glad that you are with us here during this second week of our little Christmas, uh, and Advent series called The Christmas Option. Last week we began and we saw that because Christ through the Holy Spirit is present with us in everything, in all times and through all times, there are sometimes these hidden options that God gives to us uh, that we can choose in the midst of that. Because Christ is present with us in and through all things, there are these options that we as believers have that may not uh, appear right in the moment or may not be something that someone else who doesn't know Christ... Uh, would choose to believe and so we're going to continue in this theme and we're kind of looking through the Christmas story As we do this all through the season of advent And so I want to encourage you uh, to be here each week as these kind of build on one another and we're looking forward to that So let's turn if you have your Bibles take them and open them to the gospel according to Luke Luke chapter 2 This is probably one of the most famous parts of scripture and of the Christmas story. And so I'm going to encourage you to lean in uh, to just not think, oh, I've heard everything, I've heard this story, I know all about it. Let's remember that the Holy Spirit continues to teach us new things from the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. And so turn to Luke chapter 2. If you don't have a Bible, I want to encourage you, you can take one of those ones that's in the pew in front of you and just grab that, take that home as your gift. Uh, We want you to have one of those and continue to read and come back and ask lots of questions and uh, keep me on my toes. But let's hear from the Gospel according to Luke. Would you stand in honor of the reading of the good news of Jesus Christ from Luke chapter 2? In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. The time came for the baby to be born and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. Let's pray. Father, come once again in this very familiar story and help us to hear the options that we have because of your Holy Spirit's work in our lives. Teach us and empower us today. For we pray and ask all of these things through your Son, Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. You may be seated. How many of you are going to be traveling for Christmas? Go ahead, raise your hands. Quite a few of you. Yes. I've done that quite often. We, uh, we live very near to my mom and so, uh, we used to do when we lived in Southern California, we would, we would swap the Christmas holiday. You know, some Christmas holidays we'd go and spend with Lori's parents in West Virginia and others we'd come here to, to Michigan and be with my mom and dad. And, uh, it's always fun to be with folks once you get there, right? Uh, but before you get there, Traveling is kind of inconvenient, isn't it? I mean, there's the whole packing thing, thinking about, okay, how many? T-shirts? Do I need? What do I need to wear? When we were in Southern California, mad dash to scramble to find anything that would help us in cold weather. Um, you know, get that all in a suitcase. Make sure is it too heavy? Is it too light? Getting Christmas packages there. Then there's the whole thing of the inconvenience of driving and being on the roads in the holiday, or worse, flying. You know, yeah finding a place to park, or getting a ride to the airport, going through security, having every place checked, and then go through more security, and then get on a cramped plane and be crammed in with people who, who decide they want to lean back and your, your screen suddenly is right here in front of your face. I mean, it's just inconvenient, isn't it? I mean, it's fun to be with our families, but the getting there is, is difficult. Inconvenient. Now, to jump in, to feel the flavor of our story today, imagine all of that. Nine months pregnant. On a donkey. Haven't done that one. Maybe you were traveling with a donkey, but. But on a donkey. Journeying on roads that aren't paved, you begin to see or feel the inconvenience that Joseph and Mary were called to by this taxation, this this uh, thing that needed to happen. That the the governor way off in Rome decided we should do this. We begin to see in this part of the story, in this this inconvenience, that it may just be. That when we are faced with inconveniences, when we are faced with these kinds of things, when our rights seem to be taken away and we are just kind of having to do the inconvenient thing, that our God is a God who may just show up and have something incredibly unique for you in the midst of the inconveniences. And so we're going to begin to look at those disruptions and where God kind of shows up. And and I hope that you will enter into the story and begin to find your place where God is calling you on your journey. Now, we've already heard about the journey that they were going on, the journey that was beginning for them and all the inconveniences that were there. But this journey as we enter into it should let us know that our Christmas option is the understanding that God has a journey for you. Now, the problem is, is that often we think that if there's any resistance or inconveniences to something that God asks us to do, that God must not be in it. I mean, we can kind of just hear Joseph and Mary, really? I mean... God asks us to to do this. We've kind of upended our entire lives. We talked about that last week. We've we, you know we're the talk of the town. We're engaged and pregnant, and you know all these kinds of things. And now God's making it so I've got to travel to Bethlehem nine months pregnant on a donkey. I mean, couldn't God like have waited just another month? Uh, I mean, couldn't couldn't God? I mean, He is God. Couldn't He like bring Bethlehem to me? You know, beam me up, Scotty, yeah. or just phase me there somehow. I, you know, I mean, th- this is really inconvenient, God, and we kind of have this mentality as well, don't we? Sometimes we feel God calls us to do something, or we're supposed to go and be involved in something, and then there's resistance, or there's difficulty, or there's something along those lines that's, that's really, and we kind of begin to get into that mindset of, well, maybe it's not God because there's resistance, but the truth of the matter is is that usually when growing is involved, when God is calling you to mature, there is some form of resistance that is necessary to help us to begin to grow. Now, psychologists will talk about a couple of zones. I'm going to call them zones today. They will talk about liminal space. But I want to change this to something that we can kind of understand. That there are three kind of zones that we operate in as human beings. The first is our favorite. The comfort zone. Alright? And we know the comfort zone. We love that. I mean, we, it's our routine. It's, it's what we enjoy doing. It's something that asks almost nothing of us because it's just become ritual and habit. You know, you know, you get up in the morning and you've set your coffee pot. And so as you get up out of bed, you smell the coffee, uh, you know, wafting towards you and you walk like a zombie toward it and you pour it and you sit down in your easy chair and, and you go through your morning routine. Comfort zone, right? That's that's the first zone. The second zone is what they would call the liminal space or the learning zone. It is the place in between the comfort zone and the third zone, which is the chaotic zone. That's the zone that scares us to death. That if we are ever plunged into it, it almost shuts us down. We become overwhelmed. We, we panic. We're, we're just not sure what we can do. We just Life seems completely unmanageable. The interesting thing that they say is that no growth for human beings, no maturing happens in zone one, the comfort zone. Or zone three, the chaotic zone. But in that second zone, that liminal space, the space in between those two, we begin to grow. We begin to take steps toward the chaotic zone, or what appears chaos. But when we know that God walks with us in that space, somehow God slowly but surely makes us ready for what appears to be chaos, but will be the journey for our growth. But it means that we have to leave the comfort zone. And that sometimes is our most difficult part. How do we move? I want to introduce you to uh, Santos Elizondo. This is a powerful woman of God. I know, I, she looks powerful, doesn't she? It's like someone you wouldn't want to run into in a dark alley. Santos Elizondo lived around the turn of the 20th century, and uh, she was in Los Angeles uh, for, I, they don't tell us what reason, but uh, she went to a church of the Nazarene, and there she had a radical encounter with God. And it was it was so powerful that as she began her journey back to El Paso, Texas, she determined in her heart that she was going to find a church in her hometown that felt like that. Like what she experienced in that little church of the Nazarene in Los Angeles, California. And so she found her way back and she began the the journey, her diligence. She got out of her comfort zone of what she had been raised in. And she began to travel and see these churches. She would just kind of methodically scratch them off her list. And she would go and she would experience what was going on there. And she just couldn't find that place. And she was in that space, that learning zone. She, She began to see. And then it was there that she began to see that God had a journey just for her. I want you to hear this in her own words. I'm going to read this. This was uh, through a translator. She, she said to someone, One night, I dreamed that a voice was saying to me, Santos, if you want to feel what you felt in Los Angeles, you will have to start a church in El Paso, Texas. Now this is the early 1900s. Women didn't do these kinds of things. But the church of the Nazarene always provided a place for women to exercise what God was calling them to do. And so she thought, the thought took me, a Mexican woman starting a church? Impossible! But when I looked to the Lord, I saw all things were possible to them that love the Lord. That The night the Lord opened work in El Paso, the Lord looked upon me and I had to obey Him. I hunted for the darkest corner of my town. And guess what? There were people there. I shut my eyes and began to pray. And in the morning, I began to work. I worked among my family, among my friends and neighbors. And in a short time, I had gathered together a band of 25 people. So I told Sister McReynolds, the district superintendent of that time, and we organized a church. You see, she was called to move into that learning zone out of the comfort of just going to church and just experiencing something, but to move in and to start what God was calling her to do and not to rest in the fact, well, I can't do that because I'm a woman or I can't do that because I'm of Mexican descent. She wouldn't let her race or her gender hinder her because God had called her and when God calls, all things are possible. She took that option to begin the journey and that work began powerfully through Santos Elizondo. We'll, we'll hear more about her story in just a second. But we've got to jump back into our Christmas story that tells us we know there was no room for them in the inn. No vacancies. They had traveled all that way. And now they've gone through all the inconveniences. And now there's no space for them. What are they going to do? I mean, you can already hear, if this was us, we'd be saying, God... You called us to this journey. I've been on this road. I'm sore. I'm saddle sore. I'm pregnant. This is your kid. And now there's no space? What's up with that? That's where we would be. And then they find that there is a little space. Oh, it, it may not be the space that they were dreaming of. But there was a stable and a place... Evidently warm enough and clean enough to bring a child into the world. And they used what they had. Because God had prepared a place, but it was a place that would remind all of humanity that God enters all the way into where we are. And says, when you feel like there's no space for you, the Christmas option tells us that God does, in fact, have a place just for you. It may not be exactly what you were planning on or what you were thinking of, but when God opens the space, that space is for you. In fact, uh, Santos Elizondo, she, she talks about later on in the next sentence, I didn't read to you here, she said as she opened this church and as it organized and all these kinds of things, she said, I was greatly persecuted, not by sinners and the people I was working with, but by other pastors, by other Christians who said women shouldn't do those kinds of things. There's no place for you. There's no place for your church. There's no place for what you are offering. But she said no. God has created a space and I will continue to do the work. And she continued to listen what God was calling. And while she was in that little border town of El Paso, Texas, there began to be stirrings on the other side of the border. On the other side of the river, there was civil war. This is back in the days of Pancho Villa and all those guys that maybe you've heard about. And there was about to be civil war, but God called Santos Elizondo to say, I want you to go over and I want you to minister to the soldiers on both sides of this skirmish that's about to take place. And so she did. She talked about making her way over the makeshift bridge over the Rio Grande, scared to death at what God was going to do. And she went and she just began to talk to the soldiers in the language that they knew. She began to tell them about God's love and mercy she began to ask them could we please not do this Uh, there are there are innocent people that are involved in here that was unsuccessful and the battle did happen and what happened was her and her little church of the Nazarene in El Paso Texas began to make makeshift hospitals and they cared for soldiers on both sides of the conflict and they were so used of God God created such a space just for her and her little church that when it was all said and done, it was all over, she approached the winning general, who she had talked to before the battle had even begun, and said, can we continue our work here? And he said, yes, I authorize you to minister in the country of Mexico here in Juarez. And Santos Elizondo became the first ordained woman to be authorized to be a pastor in the country of Mexico. Period. Period. And she began that work. You see, when God calls, even in the inconveniences, there's a journey for us to learn and to grow into that. And when God opens that, God will create the space just for you. What space is God dying to open up just for you? Are you in that place where you're feeling the inconveniences and you're wondering, what am I to do here? Maybe God is trying to grow or mature something in you. Can you trust today that God will open a space for you? It may be through the difficulties, but God is faithful. And because God is with us everywhere, God will create a space just for you. Let's get back to our journey because we we have all of these inconveniences. The whole story is kind of wrapped up in one giant inconvenience. The inconvenience of a distant government decreeing things for little people far away. We hear that Caesar just decided what most governments always decide. We should do a better job of taxing people. (laughs) And so, because we have to do that, we should count all the people that we have and we should know what kind of tax is coming in. And so, in order to make this easy for us, In Washington, I'm sorry, Rome. We're gonna have everybody move back into their hometown and get with their families and then we'll go through and count everybody. Now, some of you might have been born right here locally. That would be easy for you. For me, it would mean a trip to Paola, Kansas, where I was born. Not much there other than a mental hospital. I'll let you do the math. That would be a long journey. Especially if I didn't have a car or access to a plane, all I had was a donkey. I'd be leaving now and I might get there somewhere before Easter. Good gas mileage, that's true. But we begin to see that in these inconveniences, when when our rights seem stripped away, our tendency is to begin to blame. Our Our tendency is to begin to point fingers. Our tendency is to begin to gripe. Our tendency is to begin to be upset. But the Christmas option, because God is in the workings of the entire story for you, because God is the one that is calling you on the maturing journey, because God is the one who will open the space for you, then we can take the Christmas option to remember that God's glory, and I know that's a fancy word, read it as God's presence, can show up, can arrive in your loss of rights, in your inconvenience, in what you would say is just the world working the way the world's not supposed to work is supposed to be different than this. In this, God can, can show up. His presence can arrive for you. And we see this when that nativity in the midst of all the inconvenience, in the midst of that journey, in the midst of all of this happening because Rome decreed it a long way away, the very presence of God shows up in the baby Jesus. Not in a clean hospital, but in a lowly stable. Not with family and friends ooing and eyeing, but with cows and sheeps mooing and baaing. How'd you like that rhyme? Pretty good, huh? And... And in the midst of that, God's presence shows up. For Santos Elizondo, she began that work in Juarez when that was opened up to her. And now she's a pastor on both sides of the border. And she begins to just care for children. She just noticed all these kids running around and there were no parents. Some of them, their parents had been taken from them in the midst of the skirmish that had happened. She begins to round them up and care for her, for them. She, she finds a home for them. She gives of her meager $25 a year salary to try and, and help uh, get them sheltered and comforted. I remember the one story that I read about her. She said she noticed... Uh she woken up early to pray and she noticed these fifteen girls sleeping on the ground and there were only three blankets and all of them were trying to, to wiggle under the blankets and she looked down and she said, God, winter is coming. And and we we need blankets for these kids. What are we going to do? And she said, In the midst of that, I remembered that God knows that winter is coming. And God knows who has my blankets. And so she said to God, God, I know that you know who has my blankets. So I'm going to wait on you to tell that person that they're ours. Three hours later, a wealthy Catholic woman knocked on the door and said, This morning when I woke up, I got to thinking about your place. And I got to thinking that winter is coming. And here I have 12 extra blankets. I think I should give them to you. And she smiled and said, I didn't expect that it would be you that had my blankets. Thank you. And God provided. But in the midst of that, there was the local government that was trying to make things pretty inconvenient for her and saying, you can't do this. The law says that no man can be a part of a church and run an orphanage. That was just wasn't allowed in the country of Mexico. They tried to shut her down. She just kept doing what God had called her to do. She kept rounding up kids, taking care of them. But eventually, in the midst of all the difficulties, in the inconvenience, in the midst of her rights constantly being fought for and taken away and fought for again, all of a sudden, out of all that she had done, out of all that God had called her, 2, the Mexican president gets involved. And he writes a letter to the local government and to Santos and says, if your orphanage shuts down, we have nowhere for those kids to go. Furthermore, my Congress and I looked into the law. It says no man can run an orphanage and a church. You're a woman. Go for it. Yeah. Go for it. You see, when you just never know in the midst of the inconveniences where God will show up. And so we wait. And we take the next step in the learning zone of the journey towards what appears to be chaos, but we know that our God will transform into just the next step of the journey. So where are you today? For some of us, I know we're in the comfort zone. Like, we're just in the routine. We're just going through life. We're just going through our daily thing. We we have our rhythm and our pattern. Are you willing to let that little nagging thought that maybe God is calling you to a journey that might be a little uncomfortable... Maybe for you, it's that that bad habit that you're a part of, that thing that you would call an addiction, and and you just know you you got to do something about it, but it means you're going to be uncomfortable for a while. It means you're going to be walking this journey for a while. and, and And that's a little rough. Can you dare to believe that that journey might be the journey that God is calling you on? And that God will create a space for you to explore that journey. And that you never know, in the midst of all the uncomfortableness God might just show up and do something unique for you in your life. Maybe for you it is a ministry. Maybe there's something that you're saying right now, God, I, I feel like you're calling me to this, but I don't see how I can do this. Can you trust the Christmas option that God might be calling you on that journey? That God might say, I have a space just for you. And oh, it might be inconvenient, but wait until I show up. And you will see the unique thing I have planned for you. Maybe for some of you to get out of the comfort zone, it's time to some, to, to take one of those little postcards that we've been handing out. And maybe it's time for you to get out of your comfort zone and offer to invite someone to come with you to the next service. Oh, talk about getting out of your comfort zone. I don't know. What if, what if they asked me a theological question? You know what? It's okay to say, I don't know, but I'll go talk to my pastor. You can bring him to me. I'll try and answer it. If I don't know, I'm very I'm very comfortable saying, I don't know, but I'll go find out. But maybe that's the journey God is calling you. This is a part of what we need as a church. Folks, we're kind of in the comfort zone. We're great to just leave the doors open and anybody who comes in will be great. But Jesus calls us to go and to seek and to save. And to be with, and to invite, and to tell our stories. This is something we'll get into in the new year. We're going to spend some time talking about how do we share what God is doing in our story? How do we share our journey with someone else? How do we share the space that God is opening up for us? How do we tell the good news that God can show up in the midst of our inconveniences? We're going to lean into that. So I hope you're ready to get in that learning zone. All right? No more comfort zone for us. We're moving on. Whatever it is for you today, I hope through our gospel or through the story of Santos Elizondo that God has awakened something in you that says, I want to take that next step. Or if you feel like you're in the chaos zone to realize that's not God calling you there, take a step back and wait for Him to show you the next step. That will be the thing that calls you forward. Or maybe today, for the first time, you simply want to say yes to start the journey with Jesus. To say, God, here's my heart. Open a space in me for Jesus to be born again. You know, we're talking about peace today, that the only way you will find true peace is when you rest in Jesus finding a place in your heart. And you can invite him in today. It'd be a great way to start off the new year. Well, we're going to finish today with communion. I think what a great way for us to create space for Christ to come in. So if you are brand new, but you want to say yes to the God that I've talked about today, I want you to know that you can come and receive bread and cup today, even if it's your first Sunday with us. By taking the bread and the cup, you are saying I want that space to be created. I want God to create that space in my heart for Jesus to show up. The presence of God. The glory of God to show up in my life. You can say yes simply by taking bread and cup. Just do me one favor. Tell somebody that you ask God to create space for Jesus in you today. For those of us who are on the journey and uncomfortable, taking bread and cup will signify for you I'm staying on the journey. That's what bread and cup, that's the beauty of the symbol. When we're on the road, we need sustenance. We need on this road the grace and mercy of Jesus Christ that comes mysteriously through the bread and the cup. And so we're going to invite you to come. In just a moment, I'll ask you to stand. But I want you to know that on the night that Jesus was betrayed, He took bread with His disciples and He broke it. They had seen Him on a journey. And they would have been surprised when the glory of God had arrived. But He took bread and He broke it and He said, this is My body broken for you. Take and eat. That same night, He took the cup and He poured it out and He said, this is My blood shed for you. Take and drink. And somehow, for us today in the church of the Nazarene, we believe that Christ's presence shows up somehow in the bread and the cup to sustain you if you will simply create space for His presence to move into your life. Let me pray. Father, we thank You for this journey that You call us to. Thank You for creating a space for us. Help us in this journey to wait for Your presence that in the midst of our inconveniences You might just show up. Help us to receive grace for this journey through bread and cup today. Thank You for inviting us to Your table. I pray that all my brothers and sisters would feel comfort in coming to receive from Your hand. For we ask this in Your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. It's a good journey to be on. Amen. Let us pray for our close today. Father, Thank you for calling us to the journey. Help us never to settle for the comfort zone, but always be willing to be led by your Spirit to learn, to grow, to mature. Fancy word for that is to be sanctified. Continue to sanctify us and call us forward. To always say yes, until yes is always the first thing on our lips when it comes to you. I pray for my brothers and sisters wherever they are on the journey that You would bless them and help them to wait until You show up with that unique thing for them. Lead us on this journey and may we be grateful for Your guidance, Your help. For it is in the name of Jesus that we ask all these things. And everyone said, Amen. Would you stand and receive the final blessing? And now may you, my brothers and sisters, wherever you are on the journey, receive all that you need from Him. May you receive a strengthening of your trust that Christ is with you on the journey. May you receive an assurance that you have everything you need because the Holy Spirit is always with you. May you say no to the comfort zone. And yes to taking that first step into the maturing process. And I know that you will find peace there through Jesus who walks with you every step of the way. And I pray that this will happen for you and for us in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. One God, forever and ever. Amen. Go in peace. Share your peace and your story with those around you. Amen.